I hope you're here today because you desire to worship God. I hope it's because you want to draw closer to him. As we gather today, I want you to feel God's presence. I want you to hear God's word. I want you to listen for God's still small voice to speak to your heart. It truly is my prayer that God will speak to you today, whether it be through the word or something he lays upon my heart to share with you. I hope that you've come to hear from God, not from me. I can't change your life, but God can. So I ask you this morning, what motivated you to swing your foot out of bed this morning and come to church today? I mean, what is it that caused you to be in this place today? Is it, is it habit? Is it a ritual? Uh, is, is it perhaps an obligation? Is going to church even important? I mean, can't I just enjoy God in nature and just do what feels spiritual to me? Likely at some point in our lives, we've all pondered these questions. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? No. Do I have to go to church to be saved? No. Do I have to, do I have to go to church in order to get to heaven? No. But really, these, these are part of a bigger question, which is simply this. Is, is attending church even important? Does it really matter? We're in week two of our series, Why Church? Where we're considering the purpose of church and its importance in our lives. At the end of this series, we're going to be offering you the opportunity to become part of the Venture Church family. We started the church a little over five years ago. We'll be six years old in January. And uh, we've not taken any members uh, at, you know, uh, as part of the church you know, un until now. This is the time when we're opening up formal membership for you to become a part of the family. And so before we do that, in November, we just wanted to go through a series talking about why church, why is it important, and what's the, you know, what's the purpose of church, what's the structure, what's the value, and ultimately what's the mission of the local church. Every person in this room has a different church experience. Some of you are new to church and new to the Christian faith. Some of you uh, have never been to church before and maybe this is your first real foray into going to church. Others, you were born on a Thursday and your parents had you in the nursery on Sunday morning. Anybody else like that here? Yeah, okay, a lot of you, a lot of you. In a crowd this size, no doubt we have dozens of different faith backgrounds reprehended, uh, not reprehensible, <laughs> represented here. I wonder by show of hands, how many come from a Catholic background? Would you raise your hand? Wow, a lot of you. How many of you come from a Lutheran background? Okay, a few of you. Baptist background? Okay, a lot of Baptists in the room here. Methodist? Ah, well represented here. Pentecostal? Okay, a few. Mormon? Muslim? Michigan? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to bring up the heathen. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> Boo, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Venture is a non-denominational church, and what that means is we, we haven't aligned ourselves with any other denominational label. We're a local church with local governance. We're willing to work with other faiths, uh, you know, as long as we can work together and lift up the name of Jesus. Our doctrinal statement is made public on our website. 
We believe in Jesus, we trust in God, we hold the Bible to be God's word from cover to cover. We preach the Bible, period. It's my belief that you've come here to hear from God, not to hear from me. I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody who changed my life, amen? Our role as pastors at the church is to do just what Paul instructed Timothy to do 2,000 years ago. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says this. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in charge, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Let me pause here. Paul, talking to young preacher Timothy, says, listen, here's what you need to do. Okay, verse two, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Let's, let's pray as we open God's word. Heavenly Father, as we open your word today, we do pray that you would speak to us, God. I pray that you would speak to each person in this room. Father, that you would, you would just let your word penetrate their heart. May it find a place to take root and to grow. May our eyes be open. May our ears be in tune to what you want to say to us today. So, God, we dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when we look back to the early days immediately following Christ's resurrection, we see the foundation of the church. Those who joined this Christian movement were immediately immersed in a dynamic community of fellow believers, people who shared so much in common. They were devoted to prayer, to fellowship, to teaching, to to breaking bread. Meeting together as a church body was the natural way that Christians grew in their faith. This is nowhere clearer than in Acts chapter 2. Verse 42 through 47. Describing the early church, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This passage so clearly lays out the purposes of the local church. It says that they gathered together for the apostles' teaching. That's Bible study. It's what we're doing right here, reading the Bible and talking about what it means. They, they talked about fellowship, and we discussed that last week. We call it community. 
It said the Lord's Supper, we just took the Lord's Supper. A time of prayer, we, we pray in, in these worship services. Praising God, it's when we, when, we, when we stand and we sing from our heart to God and worship him. And caring for others, that's serving one another. Yet, if we were to ask people the question, why do you go to church? Their answers would be all over the board. Some people come to church because they want to make friends and they want to meet new people that maybe they've moved into the community and they're looking for a way to meet new people and so they come to church and that's why they come some come because they enjoy the worship music some find the sermons practical and applicable to their lives some people come because it makes them feel closer to God some people come because they want their kids to grow up in church some people come to church because they feel obligated because of the way that they were raised. That's what you're supposed to do. Some people think that God is keeping track of their attendance and they want to be on his good side, and so they come to church. And then there are some that are just here for the free coffee and donuts, amen? I see some hands around here. I want to give you three reasons why we should come to church, why attending church is important. Three reasons this morning. Number one, the Sunday service is a set time to meet with God. Paul writing in the book of Ephesians, he says, he, that's Jesus, came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both, that's the Jews and the Gentiles, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We come together as the body, the building of, of God in corporate worship to commune with him. I want you to have an encounter with the living God when you come to venture. I don't want you to walk out of here impressed with the music. It's nice if you get inspired by the message, but I, that's not why we do this. I want you to be in awe of God. I want you to leave here and say, God was in this place. I heard from God. We gather together. We lift up the name of Jesus. We worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Sundays are a special time when we can all come together as a faith family. Whether it's at Laley or whether it's at FSW or in my front yard or some other location, we get together to sing praise to God, to bring glory to him, to sit in his presence and to listen to the still small voice of God speak to our hearts. Excellence is a core value adventure. We do everything we can to do it with excellence. We believe excellence honors God and inspires people. But just because we believe in excellence does not mean that we're here to entertain you. We're not here to teach you how to be a good person. We're not trying to get you to join our merry band of brothers as we embark on a social crusade to change the world. 
We're here to glorify God and grow in our relationship with him. And that's what corporate worship is all about. It's a call to believers to practice the presence of God in community. So gathering together like this is important. David Mathis, in his book, Habits of Grace, said this, and I love it. He said this, while I cannot commend one keystone habit that will make the difference for every believer, I do want to speak up on behalf of one weekly habit that is utterly essential to any healthy, life-giving, joy-producing Christian walk, corporate worship. And it's all too often neglected or taken very lightly in our day of disembodiment and in our proclivity for being non-committal. In fact, I do not think it is too strong to call corporate worship the single most important habit of the Christian life. I believe it is a tremendous habit for us to develop in our lives, to come together at a set time on a weekly basis to worship God, where we can learn together, where we can worship together, where we as a family can pray together, where we can encourage one another because these are all very important to our spiritual growth and to our Christian maturity. We live in a world that's filled with evil. Sin and moral depravity are spreading through this land like cancer. And so the time that we gather as a church family on Sundays is the one hour of our week that we can block out all of the incessant garbage of the world and focus solely on God. We need this time to commune with God, to spend time in prayer, to listen to the teaching of his word. We all know, I mean, we should read the Bible and pray every day, and we certainly strive to do that. But we know that at least, at the very least, we have one hour on Sunday where we are completely and totally devoted to God. And so that makes this time very sacred. That's why we come together on Sunday to meet with God. Secondly, I want you to see that the Sunday service is a place to learn God's word and to grow in faith. Paul wrote a letter in the New Testament to a young preacher named Timothy. And in his letter, Paul gave Timothy some instruction and counsel on how to be a, a good pastor to the church he was leading. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 through 6 says this, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Then listen to what he says. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Again, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Preach the truth of God. If you do that, you'll be a good minister. What does it mean to be a good minister? What is a good minister? Well, you know, if you ask people, they say, well, you know, he's a person of character and integrity and humility. Maybe he has a love for people, a love for God. Maybe the ability to lead. All of these things, surely they're good and essential. But there is one thing that must not be overlooked, and that is a commitment to preaching the word of God. 
I firmly believe that people don't come to hear from me or any other preacher. We come to hear from God, and this is how you know if you're hearing from God. God's mouth is closed. God's mouth is opened. Amen? You want to hear from God, God's mouth has got to be opened. If that is missing, before long the church will function as a civic organization or a social enterprise or maybe a self-help group that teaches you how to maximize your life to achieve personal success. I'm not against success, social impact, or civic responsibility, but all of these things fall short of knowing God and growing in your relationship with him. Our mission at Venture Church is to guide people in a growing relationship with Christ. So if you tear out drywall, if you feed the poor, if you give to the needy, but are not growing in your relationship with God, you have traded the main thing for a lesser thing. Knowing God is the main thing. The Venture Church staff is committed to helping you grow in your faith. And the best way that we can do that is by teaching the Word of God and encouraging you to daily get into the Word of God and to study His Word so that you too may know Him. We have connect groups as a time when you can get together with other people and discuss what you've learned and, and be held accountable in your faith walk. Seeing each other in church adds additional encouragement to continue growing in our faith. I think it's important when you and I worship together, we're building, we're, we're building a rhythm of encouragement towards spiritual growth. I see you, you see me, we lean into each other, we form a bond that is difficult for the world to break. The writer of Hebrews put it this way, I read this last week, but it's such a powerful verse on the church. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Look at this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The author of Hebrews here says, don't give up meeting together. In other words, don't give up on church. Here's what I know in a group this size, some of you have been burned by church. It's happened. Probably the majority of you at one point in your life have been part of a church split. Ugly, painful, sinful, horrible. Wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but the reality is probably many of you have been a part of it. Maybe you've been a part of a church where the leadership zigged when you think they should have zagged and you're still mad about it. Can I just say that the church is a body of believers and it's made up of sinful people who don't always do that which is right? Bad things happen even in church. So do we just disregard church and quit? Do we just walk away and say, well, I'm never going back there again because those people made mistakes or those people hurt me? Well, if you do, might I also suggest you quit work too? Because there's a good chance that somebody at your employer, you know, has messed up at times and they've done things they shouldn't have done. And might I say you might want to go home and pack your bags and leave this country because certainly our government doesn't get things right very often, right? So if we're going to leave every organization that doesn't do things right, we're going to be very lonely on a deserted island, right? And even then you probably won't like yourself by the time it's all said and done. 
What's my point? Don't give up on church just because you've had a bad experience. Church is important, even though it's flawed at times. But in these last days, it's really important to be a part of a faith family because you and I need accountability and we need encouragement to keep going. I realize there are times when illness or travel or unexpected circumstances are going to preclude you from being able to come. That's understandable. I'm not being legalistic. We don't want you to be legalistic about it. But I do think corporate worship and coming together on a weekly basis to worship God is an important habit for our spiritual life. So why do we get together on Sunday for service? Well, it's a time we set aside to meet with God. Secondly, it's a place to learn God's word and to grow in our faith. And finally, the Sunday service is a place to use your gifts to build up the body of Christ. Paul writing in Romans this time in chapter 12 verse 4 says, for just as each of us has one body and with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see, God never intended for us to be spectators. People who just show up to see the Sunday morning performance. He designed this to be a place where believers gathered to participate, to be a contributing part of the family of God, using their unique gifts and abilities to encourage and to build up the other members. You use the gifts you have to build up the body of Christ. I'll use the gifts I have to build up the body in Christ. And together, as one body, we encourage one another. I believe that there's a place for everybody to serve we have a volunteer coordinator here at the church just to help you get plugged in. Michelle, uh, you talk to Michelle, she'll, she'll find the place where you can, you can serve and use your gift and your skill set. Do you know it takes dozens and dozens of people each Sunday to make this one one-hour worship service happen? This morning at 4 a.m. is probably when most of the alarm clocks for our setup team went off. Trucks and trailers pulled in this place at 5.30 this morning, and they began setting up for church, musicians, the worship team, kids' ministry, greeters, hosts, signage teams, staff. All of them arrived, arrived in preparation for this service. And when the service is over, the entire process will be reversed, and about 1.30, the last truck and trailer will, will pull out of here again. It's hard work. But everyone uses their abilities, their skills, their gifts for the Lord. They do it to serve him. I'll be honest, through this hurricane and FSW telling you we can't meet and, and, and the challenges that we've had to find a place to meet for the last several weeks, I am really looking forward to getting a building, amen? Looking forward to that day. But until then, we'll continue to serve God and we'll set up and we'll tear down and we'll drive trailers and we'll do whatever it takes. You see, whether we meet at Laley, at FSW, in this building or under a tree, 
our purpose doesn't change. We gather each week to set aside time to worship God, to learn his word, to grow in our faith, and use our gifts to build up the body of Christ. So the next time somebody asks you, why do you go to church, now you have an answer. As we go through this series in the coming weeks, I want you to prayerfully consider becoming a part of the Venture Church family. I believe that God led me and a handful of people to start this church just about six years ago, and we stepped out in faith. We chose the name Venture just because of the connotation of, of risk. You, you, you've heard of venture capitalists that are willing to, you know, venture out and, and to take a step of faith and to, to apply some risk. You see, I believe that without faith it's impossible to please God, and I believe that God's called us to do something big. We've been praying that God would spark a movement of God in this community. That's not something that we can manufacture. All that we can do is, is work hard and follow the Lord's leading. And, and I believe that God is going to use Venture Church to do significant things in Southwest Florida. Not because of me or anyone else on this team, but because I believe God wants to do something here and we get to participate and be a part of what he's doing. And I hope you feel the same way. And if you do, I invite you to join us. Come along with us in this journey this venture as we seek to reach out to every man, woman, and child in Southwest Florida with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's far more important than being a part of the Venture Church family is to be part of God's family. If there's never been a time when you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, if there's never been a time when you recognize that you are a sinner like I am a sinner. We've broken the Ten Commandments. We've broken, we've broken so many rules, done so many things that dis, disappoint God. We can't save ourselves. It's not about religion. It's not about church membership. It's not about communion. It's not about being baptized. Those things are good, but they don't, they don't, they don't save you. You're saved by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the one and only door to heaven. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, my encouragement to you is before you put your head on your pillow tonight, pray to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Ask him to save you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In prayer, acknowledge the fact that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he died on the cross to pay for your sins, that his blood was shed, that you might be reconciled with God. That he rose again, proving that he was indeed God, and that he is coming back again. So if you're here today and you never trusted Christ as your Savior, I encourage you to do that. If you've done that, then I encourage you to pray about becoming a part of the Venture Church family. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person in this place this morning. What a privilege and an honor it is to be in your church, God. Venture Church is your church. It's here for your glory. God, everything we do is for you. Your word tells us that without you, we can do nothing. And God, we recognize 
that we are 100% dependent upon you. So God, would you guide us? Would you lead us? Would you fill us? Would you go before us? Help us to fulfill the purpose that you created for us. And God, may in all we do, and we bring glory to you as we lift up the name of Jesus, the King of Kings. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.